Tabula Rasa, bitches. Hello, hello. Hello. My name is Allie. My pronouns are she, her. My name is Nick, and my pronouns are he, him. And welcome to season two, episode eight of Tabula Rasa, bitches. We're delighted you're here. In Tabula Rasa, bitches, your co-hosts discuss and dissect Buffy the Vampire Slayer, a show that bonded them together so many years ago. In this episode, we will discuss Season 2, Episode 8, The Dark Age, and this episode is yet another super special one because we are joined by a dear friend of mine and a dear friend of my fiancé's. And now a dear friend of Allie's and that delightful <laughs> friend is Phil Beachler. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello. I don't know <laughs> if I, did I pronounce your last name right? Yes, actually, did shockingly I? enough, most people do not. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Okay, I was But also you know me for a few years, so <laughs> Well, one of my, I've been <laughs> friends with this chick um, for, we just crossed our seven year anniversary and I had to be like, Jordan, I need you. She was our, she was a, she was a guest host a few episodes ago. And I was like, I need a phonetic. My dog is groaning on the ground. <laughs> phonetic pronunciation of how to pronounce your last name. Cause I can't do it. I still can't do it. So whatever. So that was funny. a long way of saying that. Philip. Introduce yourself. Hello. What are your pronouns? Where do you live? Tell us about yourself. Walk us through who you are and give folks a glimpse of why I love you so much. <laughs> sure. So my name is Phil. Pronouns are he, she, they. I am a non-binary uh, royalty or a member of the non-binary royalty. And um, I currently work as a data analyst. Um, I live in Atlanta, Georgia with my stunning husband and our roommates. But yeah, um, I am just a queerdo. I love uh, everything nerdy, pop culture, fun. I listen to more podcasts than God. Love and it. yeah, I'm here to just have fun. I'm really excited to be here. Yay. Yay. And uh, for our, our listeners, I know you just told me this before we hit record. Um, what is your history with Buffy? When did you start watching? How far have you gotten? Tell us. Sure. So um, I started, uh, I guess, earlier last year. I started grad school and I needed something as background noise. And so I threw it on. It quickly became not background noise. <laughs> um, so now I've watched it through. That. Um, yeah, very, very quickly. I, I mean, I knew I love Sarah Michelle Gellar because of Cruel Intentions, but this is just like a whole different level of just like perfection. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I've gotten through now, I think... Uh, season two episode 11 um when we were talking about what episode Sweet. to watch i ended up just kind of keep going <laughs> so oh um, good <laughs> good Ooh, so you just finished ted love it okay good to know. yeah i'm 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 really excited to see where this keep like keeps building it seems like the world is just like expanding more rapidly than i would have ever known um looking in uh, oh yeah at, so it, it yeah i'm i'm all on board it's great Yay. I love that. Well, welcome to the Buffy fam. We're so happy you're here. Do you have any any hot takes so far? I was going to ask if you have predictions, but I think with all the spoilers out there, kind of <laughs> predictions are right. But any, 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 I don't know, any thoughts so far? What do you think? 
Sure. Uh, I think my hottest take is that I really don't like Xander. Um, and that Giles is very hot. Like, oh my God. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he is so yes. smart and so fine. <laughs> um, I, yeah, yeah, that's definitely a, a uh, prevailing opinion. <laughs> Uh, we are all, we are all Giles fans. One that sure. I wouldn't have had when I watched it through the first time as a kid, but now, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Giles, I think... Giles is a dad. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially mm-hmm. once I'd heard him sing. So Anthony Stewart had actually has an album out there somewhere, uh, if you can find it, and he has a lovely voice. So I will. Find well, I, I mean, I guess and. Uh, People well also for anyone who's a fan of Repo the Genetic Opera, he is also a main character in that. Except he is very not Giles. He is frightening. Wait, was it the remake? Like the two thousand eight ish, nine ish version or Yeah, 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 yeah. The one with Alexa Vega. Uh-huh. Okay, I need to rewatch and that. Paris again. Hilton. Yeah, I he plays Alexa Vega's that. dad, the the repo man. Okay. Yeah, you should watch it again because he, especially especially now that you've seen him as Giles, yeah, (laughs) it's it's a. I love seeing um, actors in like super different characters because I mean, like a shows their range, and b it's just like, what Giles? What are you doing? Stop cutting people (laughs) up and puppeting their dead bodies. What's wrong with you? So it's very cool. Awesome. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So we're fans of the Xander slander. Good. You uh, are. And you You're can, a fan. Me and fan. me and Phil are fans. Allie, and well, I, there isn't a whole lot of it that I have for this episode. Phil, maybe you do. That's true. Not for this. Um, shouldn't be for this episode. He's not. He doesn't have a lot not, of time, screen time no. for this episode. I feel like Cordy- Cordelia so, okay, got more good. lines than he did. So. Kinda. Yeah. As she yeah, should. That's a good point. As she always should. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I don't hate Xander, but I will. A go to bat for Cordy any day. Um, cool. So I actually I am sort of interested in any predictions you have if or like where you think this might be going. Or actually also something I'm interested in is anything that has surprised you about the series. Like you said you're very immersed in pop culture and stuff, so I'm sure you had heard of it. So is there anything that surprised you once you actually started watching it yourself? So uh, a lot of these actors I was familiar with with uh, from other projects, uh, specifically mm-hmm. Allison Hannigan, How I Met Your Mother. Like going from Willow to this, it's just I can see kind of the through line of her little tics as an actress, but also like the breadth mm-hmm. that she's gotten to do. I really, really enjoy that um, because that um, yeah. How I Met Your Mother is such a different entity, different beats and also, a, you know, a fun show. But like, yeah. I don't know. I just not really nearly as grounded her. as Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 nowhere near. But um, yeah, I just really liked seeing um, younger versions of people that I knew outside from other projects, and them still having like that charisma, that star power. That it's like, oh, of course you went on to do more things. Like you're incredible. Um, I mean, Seth Green is great too in this. Um, I'm keep focusing on people alone, but like prediction wise. I don't have any idea of where it can go because the show has surprised me of where it's gone. Specifically, like, yeah, um, it does that, yeah. Like, the writing is surprisingly deep for a show that, like, as a kid, I was like, oh, it's just you're killing people and stabbing or whatever. And it's like, oh, no, this is actually about contemplating death <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> a whole bunch of other things that, like, they're queer subplots and, like, 
um, just things that I wouldn't mm-hmm. have caught had I watched it just as a kid. And now I feel like I get a better appreciation for something that, you know, um, feels like fleshed out uh, art as opposed to just a fun, stabby, stabby show. <laughs> so, which it is. <laughs> it is also a fun, stabby yeah. show. I didn't, I never, I kind of took it for granted for a long time, just how good I had it with the show as high quality and as well-written as Buffy. Um, I didn't quite know how much it stood out from its contemporaries until I was at a convention and her mom, Joyce Summers, uh, Christine Sunderland was interviewed or she was, she was on a Buffy panel. And one of the things she said was she was so excited to get it because it actually had good writing television at the time. It's not, it was not the high quality medium that we have right now where they tell these long, complex, basically, you know, 10 episode movies. Um, So at the time she was just like, I'm just excited to have like an actual character and good writing instead of, you know, the other fluff sitcom stuff. And I can definitely see that, that point that like there's things that uh, as you're watching now, you may not have noticed when you were younger. That's something Allie and I have talked about too. It's I think that's a, one of our favorite parts about Buffy is that you can rewatch it and take different things each time. We might be a tad biased because we have a podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but but spot on. We couldn't agree with you more. So far, this podcast has just helped us confirm everything we've ever thought about Buffy. <laughs> I mean, why not confirm your biases? This is, it's art. It's subjective. It, it's <laughs> yeah. more fun, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's true. It's true. We talked about that during Halloween. I mm-hmm. found some evidence to support something that I already believed. And I dug, dug into it deeper. And <laughs> Allie didn't agree with me. And it was great. Such a great episode. Yeah. <laughs> that is a very well, good one. Well, yeah. You, you have your opinions. And I suppose you're entitled to them. <laughs> Um, Allie, do you want to kick us into our episode summary? I would be delighted. Okay, gang, as usual, we'll do our best to avoid spoilers beyond this episode. But today we'll discuss this episode, The Dark Age, uh, spoilers and all. So, it's late at night in the Sunnydale Library, and Buffy is driving Giles crazy with her workout beats. Outside, a man is frantically looking for Giles, but as he is banging on the library door, a zombie woman strangles him to death before falling to the ground and melting? Becoming goo? Something like that. Police questioned Giles the next day as the dead man was carrying a paper with Giles' name and address. When Giles sees the body, he immediately recognizes the man as a friend from his past 20 years ago. Buffy becomes worried about Giles when he begins acting strangely, missing his watcher duties, staying in and drinking alone. Never good. She finds Ethan Rain, who owned the Halloween shop, skulking in the library. Ethan is looking for Giles and references Igon, a demon that Giles, Ethan, and other friends experimented with when they were rebellious kids. Igon has come back to kill all of Giles' old gang, and only he and Ethan remain. After a scuffle in the library, unbeknownst to the Scoobies, Igon jumps into Jenny's body. The possession in Jenny grows stronger, but Willow's plan saves her. They trick Igon into jumping into Angel, who fights him off with his own inner demon. Ethan has run off, and although everyone is technically safe, Jenny is shaken and seems to have lost trust in Giles. Shout out to Buffy Guide, from which this summary was adapted. And to Allie for editing it, as always. (laughs) I do what I can. I'm just going to jump in. Do it. So the stressed out man, we start out, very stressed out man. He's very sweaty, frantically (laughs) looking for Rupert Giles. 
I noted that as well. Yeah, he, he does not look good. <laughs> no. no, yeah, he's he has, which is strange because it's 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 like a I would I would classify it as a power walk that he is. He is he he has clearly. But he's he's being pursued. Though. He's being followed. True. Very scary. Uh, what do I know? I have never <laughs> been pursued by a zombie woman. Um, Thank you, lucky stars. Um, but he has told some directions to the library and. Um, and yeah, he's banging on the door, the door's locked, and he turns around, and there's a lady who has had better days <laughs> there. Yes. She, um, we cut to inside the library, Buffy's jamming to her workout. That 90s dry- step aerobics. I found I the fun prodigy. fact about the music. Uh, from What, the music? Yeah, isn't it? Isn't What's that the, prodigy? Uh, I don't know. The I don't band, know. isn't it? I, I don't know. I didn't look it up, but I was like, I recognize this. I definitely danced this in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. No, I don't know. Um, well, this is the first question of the episode for Phil and Allie. Okay. Um, Giles has some feelings about Buffy's music choice. He says, I know music. Music has notes. This is noise. And Buffy's like, no, this is what I'm working out. This is what I need. I need a beat to do my mm-hmm. I'm aerobicizing. I must have a beat. What is y'all's workout music? Hmm. <laughs> or Phil, maybe what is your workout podcast? <laughs> um, I've actually worked out to this one quite a few times. <laughs> so it's I'm actually... Honored the perfect length for a bike ride um i do like 1.25 speed so it uh i can get my good 40 minutes in and then skedaddle um but if i do music it sounds like you were talking about the podcast you listen to this podcast i thought thought you meant you listen to this music oh phil (laughs) (laughs) you guys are entertaining it helps Uh oh thanks I have a similar feeling. Not um, I don't listen to our podcast, but I prefer to be distracted. So, um, and I, I have a workout video. I do center, um, and so I usually put on Netflix or something. Um, sometimes like some anime or whatever show I am currently binging. Um, anything that will grip my attention away from how much my body is screaming. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when I did go to the gym, I would listen to uh, Fits and the Tantrums is really good. Any kind of like party 80s mix is excellent. Anything boppy that I can like sing along to. All good things. If I'm doing music, yeah. it's definitely like gay workout music. It's got a lot of mm, 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 dancey stuff because I, I need to be distracted. <laughs> just like that. I was just going to say <laughs> I have Spotify playlists specifically like titled like gay workout jams and they're all yeah that does that, not surprise me at all <laughs> oh, that's funny they're probably exactly I mean, what you think what you picture i love that um i like this so quote- i get oh, sorry ahead. i'm gonna interrupt you i get looking for a teacher at a school but why would you count on him still being there this late at night it seems like it's pretty late it just feels weird that he's walking around yeah dude this- lives anyway. at school and everybody knows it <laughs> But this the guy jam- hasn't seen him in 20 years. Why would he think that? I don't know. You go, Phil. I talked over you. There's like oh. a gap when you start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, you go. I was just going to say, I, it It seemed like the janitor was pointing to the library uh, just kind of out of fear for his life. 
<laughs> in the sense that like, oh, hey, yeah. you're obviously in distress. Sure. I want none of this in my life. Like, please go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Well, and like, it makes sense that the janitor would know that like, oh, yeah, I, it takes forever for that guy to fucking leave. So I have to <laughs> wait till he's gone to clean the library. So it makes sense that the janitor would know. But why would this guy like even come to the school? But anyway. Also, this is an episode, one another one of those episodes that I feel like I've barely seen. Oh, really? I feel like I've yeah. seen this one a fair amount. Um, maybe for reasons we'll. Once we got me. so based on the title, I thought it was a different episode, and then once we got going, and I, once I saw this dude in the pile of goo, I was like, oh, oh, okay, 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 okay. Yep, I got this one. This is where we find out that like Giles had a bad boy streak for a time. Um, but yeah, the title definitely has like nothing to do with the episode, which is weird. What's his dark age? I guess, I guess. But like, I don't know. I feel like they could have come up with a better title that went better with the the episode. I don't know. I have this quote from Giles. Um, Giles says, uh, wonderful. You work on muscle tone while my brain dribbles out of my ears. And the reaction mm. I had to that quote was, yes, absolutely. That is how that's going to work. Yeah. He, she who is exercising gets to choose the music. You get up and do what she's doing and then you can listen to whatever freaking like 100% symphony you want to. Yep. Yeah. Whatever gets you through the workout for sure. Yeah. I feel like there could have been some compromise. Like she could have like turned it down like a couple notches, but like, yeah, he needs to shut up because she's here. She's doing the work. Give her some slack. Well, it's a it's a pretty big library too. Like, just move. You could move to another section <laughs> and be also true. To he yourself. could go to his office. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Good point. Good point. Um, I will say that zombie makeup was really good. I, I mean, I, I guess she's demon zombie makeup. Whatever the special effects makeup was really good. We get real up close in that. I actually had a question about that. Um, for you guys. Um, so. I know that, like, it, when he possesses, Igon possesses the host, it deteriorates the body. Do you think that's why they patchy-patchy-patchy? Mm because -hmm. patchy? I, I wasn't sure if it was, like, supposed to be zombie-esque because they're, like, decaying or something. But the whole turning into goo. I think it's a bit of both. Okay. Yeah, I think it's a bit, I think it's part their body disintegrating and part them becoming more and more Igon. Because... You'll see, like, there's a really lovely transition that we see with Jenny where we see it, like, pop up on her skin, but her eyes are still her. And then later we see she's almost, like, she's basically completely different. And the voice changes and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I think it's maybe a bit of both. Girl gets ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, we, we referenced... The question we have about it in the episode intro, but Deirdre strength. We find out her name is Deirdre, zombie lady. Deirdre. Deirdre. Oh, Deirdre. Sorry, thank you. I will keep making that mistake. So Super British me. name, Deirdre. Deirdre. It's probably still spelled the same as Deirdre, but they say Deirdre. Deirdre. Okay. Thank you for the accountability, Allie. <laughs> Deirdre strangles Philip. And then as Philip dies, she lays on the ground. And I don't know what the verb is here. If it's melts, if it's gooifies. I think gooifies. Gooifies. Gooification. I think so. I don't know okay. if that's an official term, 
but I think that is the closest. It reminded me a little bit of, uh, this might be a throwaway reference, but um, Senator Kelly in X-Men in the first one in 2000. Yes. Where he just like, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a good point. That is exactly what this looks like. For anybody who has seen X-Men but hasn't seen this episode, yep, that's perfect. Oh, yeah, that is. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. yes, Phil. So um, there's uh, kind of a montage of music and images and tattoos and a really ugly bitch. And then <laughs> Giles kind of awakes with a start and, and we see that he's been having a nightmare. Mm -hmm. This is the first time we've seen Giles' apartment Giles' bedroom. That's true. Giles' PJs. Giles' PJs, true. <laughs> no one's surprised that he wears stripy old man pajamas. And then um, at the school, they uh, Buffy and Willow are playing a nice game of anywhere but here. Um, Phil, if you, you, I am the worst person ever with pop culture. So as a pop culture guru, Allie, you're really good at pop culture too. I had to look up all of these people that they're referencing. <laughs> so Buffy is on Buffy wants to be on the beach having her feet rubbed by Gavin Rothsdale. Yeah, I who was in the band I Bush. I don't know mm -hmm. what that is. Um, Willow is in Italy. She ends up being sat in a cafe with John Cusack eating ziti. I do. Okay, know who well, that I definitely is. knew John Cusack. I wrote that down. I'm like, excellent choice, Willow. Excellent choice. Oh, especially and then. Xander is. Is in the classic, uh, as it turns out, he always is. Um, Amy Yip at the Waterside Park. Did not know who Amy Yip is, but apparently she's a sex symbol in Asia, which is good for her. Yeah, I because I definitely didn't know who Amy Yip was. I looked that one up as well. She was one of the leading sex symbols of Hong Kong cinema in the late 1980s and early 1990s. I'm reading directly from Wikipedia. Uh, Yip is best known for her roles in Hong Kong Category 3 films such as Sex and Zen and Erotic Ghost Story. You may have to look those up. Sex and Zen is the highest grossing Category 3 movie in the history of Hong Kong box office. And what is Category 3 film, uh, you ask? Well, in strict legal terms, it is one forbidden to any viewer under the age of 18. The classification was created in 1988 with the passing of Hong Kong's film censorship law. There was a government censorship body prior to 1988, but it had no legal power to censor films. Hmm. So there you go. Xander, we find out, is a fan of foreign films. <laughs> especially with hot ass-kicking Asian ladies, which, I mean, fair. Those movies sound pretty cool. That kind of tracks, though. <laughs> it does. It does. It makes it. It definitely tracks for him. Phil, I need your analysis on these pop culture items. They make sense for the time, for sure. When this was released, um, I mean, Amy, I I knew because of uh, my dad. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that there. And um, yeah, Gavin Rossdale. I mean, he married. Well, I think Gwen Stefani. Gwen at Stefani. One point. Yeah. So yeah. they were huge. She popped up at one when point. I quickly Googled him. And yeah, that, John... I think it really, like you said, it really tracks for these characters. Yeah. John Cusack was kind of nerdy, yeah. but like sexy and a little sultry. I'm like, yeah, Willow, I can, I can see mm -hmm. that. You, he's still that way. So go off, sis. I love it. <laughs> yeah. He was yeah. the sweet, sweet, good boy. 
um, but sometimes had like a little bit of an edge. So like, but not so much that like the good girl would feel uncomfortable, like just like accessible edge. <laughs> I say as as a huge fan of John Cusack myself, and I can definitely see Buffy drooling over like rock stars and stuff like that. So that's oh, that. yeah. Yeah, it all all definitely makes sense. Yeah. And then so, they all start talking about, oh, do you think, G- they all see Giles walking into school and they're like, oh, you think Giles ever played anywhere but here? Do you think Giles ever, like, didn't want to go to school? And they're all, they're all talking about, like, kind of your stereotypical, oh, adults were never our age, blah, blah, blah. I don't, I think his diapers were tweed. <laughs> um, something very classic about uh, underestimating, overestimating adults' youth. I mean, this is later in the episode, but young Giles could totally get it. He was that leather jacket. Mm-hmm. I, I was he like, could hey, get you would, it. you would not say oh, that yeah. if you saw that picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, yeah, definitely. I think this episode, one of the big outcomes of this is that they definitely see Giles in a very different light, a light where he once had ear an earring, which worked for him in a very like Billy Idol kind of kind of way. And I'm it. sure. Yeah. Giles with an earring will never come back ever. <laughs> they walk inside. Um, Buffy's wearing a snakeskin top, which is a choice. Yeah. That was a fashion of the 90s that does not need to come back. I sell, I, yeah, that's, I can't say anything against Buffy or Sarah Michelle Geller. So that's where my observation is going to end. It was against the 90s, not against Sarah Michelle Gellar. Okay, fair enough. Buffy was a product of her time, like anybody else. You do not have to be slayed, Allie. Good. Thank you. Giles is like, tonight's very important. Um, And it turns out that a medical transport is delivering a monthly supply of blood to the local hospital. Mm -hmm. This is an interesting exchange between the two of them. Um, Buffy said, or Giles says, I'll bring the weaponry. Buffy says, I'll bring the party mix. And then, which is hilarious. And then Giles says, just don't be late. Okay, sassy. I'm going to need you to put on a happy face here, Garfield. I love it. But then, and she says, have I ever let you down? And he says, do you want me to answer that? Or should I just glare? (laughs) (laughs) Which I think is an an excellent response. Uh, I feel like we have all done that to our our respective uh, a significant others where they say something ridiculous and you're like, all right, do I dignify that with an answer? Sometimes Paul just knows when I take a breath, a pregnant breath before responding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they sense it. Um, So G- Giles and Jenny have a little bit of an exchange here and um, Willow goes, feel the passion. And I just had a lot of feelings then, but um, we learn that Xander has to attend uh, remedial computer classes mm-hmm. that are going to be tutored in the computer lab that Saturday, and he's not stoked about it. What did, Phil, you're a, you're a computer queen. What <laughs> are they teaching high schoolers in that yeah. remedial computer class? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, I would guess something to do with like uh, remedial spreadsheets or something because, um, you know, that time in the 90s, like essentially what you could do is send 
you know, basic email. You could type up basic documents. You could also destroy people's computers by using control delete in the right uh, succession and uh, not destroy them, but like delete everything from them. And it was a fun prank people used to play on each other. Um, but uh, I, hysterical. Yeah, I'm my computer science teacher in high school used to think it was hilarious. So he was like, yeah, and my buddy has been studying all night and we just walk up control delete delete and it's like Phew, everything gone <gasps> all night's work. <laughs> Don't do that. It's horrible. <laughs> That's definitely one of those. It's I guess it's funny if it's not you, but like, I don't know. I've written a few papers and I can I can only imagine the agony of finding out that that happened to you. No, I would withdraw from the class. I'm not doing that assignment. There's, uh, there are times like when instead of programming into a computer, you'd have to punch holes on basically a note card and have to keep them in order for it to run the mathematics to compute what you're trying to do. And they'd be like 70, 80, 100 cards and people would just knock them over to be mean. You'd have to reassemble your, your code. Yeah. People were awful. Computer science nerds have not always been my my parents about this. (laughs) My parents are both computer engineers. They studied computer engineering in college and stuff like that. They have their masters. I wonder if any of them ever, because my mom would talk about like late nights at the computer lab and all these things. And I wonder if they ever played pranks on that. All right. I will report back uh, with info from uh, Bruce and Julie if they were ever ever victims of these pranks or uh, pulled these pranks themselves. I will report that my computer science teacher wasn't always a nice guy. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, yeah, (laughs) nice guys don't delete your paper. (laughs) 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 Or maybe they didn't know all nice people. But I love that um, Xander is like, who who are these schlubs who have to get you know remedial comp sci? And Jenny's like, so I'll see after school. And he's like, and I love Cordelia goes, oh. You got a little schlub on your shoe there. Yeah. Or uh, Buffy. I think that's Buffy. Buffy says, you got you got a little schlub on your shoe there. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah. Giles and Jenny walk away. They're having this adorable exchange about a book that Giles loaned Jenny. And Jenny's like, oh, yeah, it was so interesting. I had to dog ear every single page. And Unkind. Then- and then it was just, then I just had to underline everything. And then, damn it, I my coffee spilled all over it, and I just can't read anything. And, and Giles says that was a first edition, and she Rude. says I'm lying. I just like to see you squirm. <laughs> yeah, squirm is a little bit of a gross word to me, but cute really, exchange. it was hot. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a the way that she says it is a very specific connotation. <laughs> um, yeah. I do love, I love her quote because she says, did anyone ever tell you you're a bit of a fuddy-duddy? And Giles says almost exclusively. She says, did anyone ever tell you you're a sexy fuddy-duddy? That's very cute. She's very good at flirting. I uh, should have been taking more notes growing up from Jenny Callender uh, to flirt. One of my notes about this little exchange was that Jenny is giving very good horny energy. Like it's like it's. She's obviously very ready for it, but oh, yeah. she's not laying it down too yep. thick. It's just just enough. Yeah, for sure. She threads the needle. Just enough to not scare off <laughs> little prude, innocent Giles, who may maybe not be as innocent as we uh, once thought. Um, but definitely so they- enough to be absolutely clear about her intentions, which oh, I Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> no he's doubt. picking up what she's putting down. Yeah. Um, so they uh, 
kiss in front of students. Uh, and um, and Jenny says, uh, I'll see if I can make you squirm. Talking mm-hmm. about, I just love this forward, mm-hmm. horny energy from this lady. Get what you want, girl. Yeah. I love this. Yup. Yeah, an excellent example of opposites attracting. They couldn't both be fuddy duddies. That would never work. No clothes would ever come off. <laughs> um, so they part ways. Giles heads into the library. Um, I I noticed as he closes the library door, heading in that there's this little like stand thing, and Sunnydale High apparently has a hacking club, which is pretty cool to me. Interesting. But there are Phil is giving a thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Um, there are police in the library, um, and it turns out they're they're there because a dude was killed. He was clearly heading to Giles, and uh, they're they're talking. And Cordelia comes in and <laughs> interrupts them, and just is peak Cordelia here. <laughs> it's so hard not to take down this entire conversation, but I love as soon as she sees that there are cops there, she goes, "Oh." Can you help me get out of this total bogus ticket? It was a one-way street. I was going one way. <laughs> <laughs> and then Giles tried to get her attention. Cordelia, she says, why is everyone always screaming my name? I'm not deaf. Cordelia. Oh, I love you. I'm just obsessed with this through line that Cordelia is a terrible driver. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Phil, yeah. what were you going to say? I just noted that, like, if they were doing Emmys for comedy the same way they do now, then she would have so many. The uh, I can take a hint. Wait, what's the hint? I was just like, perfect delivery, <laughs> perfect line. <laughs> yes, that's a really good point. I mean, in general, Buffy was overlooked for for the Emmys with like two exceptions. But yeah, like best supporting character role. Oh, she totally would have had that. Absolutely. She does have some some very excellent timing. Um, so Giles goes to the morgue. He identifies the body. Mm-hmm. The body is very gross and purple, I will say. As bodies are wont to be. <laughs> and he's very bruised. He did not. I Well, I don't know. I haven't seen a dead body lately, a naked dead body lately, so I wouldn't. Or just a dead body in general. Sorry. This is a weird <laughs> context that I'm adding on top of it. Whatever, 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 whatever. Nick being interesting... coy, dropping in lately. There's a, an interesting tattoo on the guy's arm. Yeah. Giles clearly knows more than what he's letting on. That's a pretty sick tattoo. For a moment, I was like, I should get that tattoo. But only a moment. You might have a demon after you, Allie. <laughs> you never know. Maybe I am the demon. You don't know. Mm. <laughs> so we we identify the body. We get to the uh, to the hospital where there's a blood delivery happening and i had the comment ah this is when we see angel getting blood um and buffy also has the comment all's well that ends with cute er doctors i always say you're not wrong buffy (laughs) cute er doctors who are um also vampires i am well yeah that was before (laughs) a bit biased that i have to doctors doctors i do like doctors i was sure he was working those scrubs he was. Um, I I do prefer them to not be vampires, but but we can make something work. That's okay. Yeah. Um. So um. So uh, 
yeah, the blood supply arrives. Um, it's vampires trying to like pilfer off the blood. Mm-hmm. Buffy interrupts, and then Angel appears out of nowhere and saves the day. They end up well. He assists. He assists. They save the day. Yeah. The Thank two you. of them collectively Thank save you. the day. Yeah, sorry. Sorry if that she, wasn't clear. She uh, would have been fine without him, but, you know, help is... Yeah, yeah, it was just three of them. It was just them. Yeah, she would have been totally fine. She, yeah, she had an excellent roundhouse kick. That was just... That mobility. Wow. One of them gets away, yep. um, but the blood is okay, and that's the big part. And then Buffy is now clear that she's worried that Giles has flaked down on her, particularly when, you little bitch... You told Buffy not to be to late. not forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you totally flaked on her. Rude I know he's going through a lot, but come here, dude. Put yeah. it in your calendar. Communication, please. <laughs> um, although I have a, I have a question, and maybe you guys can can weigh in on this one. Uh, wouldn't be kind. I mean, I know that the hospital needs the blood bags, but if vampires stealing the blood bags means that they're not going to go kill a human, isn't that overall a positive thing? I mean. Maybe people still need that for transfusions, so like it's still a life for a life in many ways. Yeah, yeah, that blood they use in the hospitals is pretty pretty cool. I feel like Sunnydale should just like have infrastructure <laughs> for that. <laughs> of like, they should just be having like weekly weekly blood drives as just like a thing, and they're just like, I don't know, some of them don't always make it to the patient, but like you know, because walking around healthy people need that to live as well. They That's should true. just they let a blood. vampire run a blood drive for the vampires and keep it separate Ooh. from the blood donations. That way, the infrastructure is split. People aren't harmed. I mean, as long as they don't rampage and kill. But like, you know. Yeah. Phil, maybe. That's a good volu- idea. Like voluntary blood donors. Mm-hmm. There are, after Twilight, and I know this is well before Twilight, but people love to be sleeping with vampires. I'm sure they're like, please drain my blood. Give it to a hot dude. Who has crazy teeth? I would, I you know, that I is do an and that is an astute, an astute. Uh, I bet that idea. the vampires are not as bigoted as the FDA in the U.S. and will accept blood from men who have sex with men. True, true. So you know, I'll it's interesting. I want. I've never thought about if bloodborne diseases affect vampires. Does it just taste bad or like? Like if if someone did have HIV or something like that, or like leukemia, if you fed off a cancer patient, would you like taste? Would they taste bad? I don't know. We're gonna run a, a, a we're gonna start a, a document of questions that we need the answer to, and that then can't be answered. Dear and vampires, then, and then we'll go back. We'll go back to the list of questions in like a month or two down the road when we've forgotten the context, and we'll be like, What? Was what? It? Why was I asking? Why did we? You know, I Why? bet someone out we were there thinking knows a lot about vampire if HIV periods. blood Why? tastes different than regular blood. Oh, I okay. bet the internet knows. I I don't I know if that I there are that that. <laughs> that there aren't that many people drinking blood on a daily basis. Doesn't have to be day. many. It just has to be one. <laughs> <laughs> it only takes one. Okay, uh, but don't also drink blood, kids. <laughs> don't do it. So, so. Okay. Go, so, Allie. Move us along, please. So, <laughs> quickly. So Buffy goes to Giles's place to check on him. Understandably, not everybody is punctual, but Rupert Giles is one of those people. Um, so Giles is not doing well. He barely opens the door. He definitely gives her the brush off. Again, 
communication. He maybe I get not sharing all of this with her, but he still could have said, I got some really bad news. A friend died. Apologies for not meeting you. That was my bad. Take responsibility for your actions, people. Um, but my bigger comment was because he's like going up to bed. He's clearly not feel- feeling well. We see him splash his face with some water and he wa- looks into the mirror and is like, oh, gosh, something big is coming or whatever. He has a water basin, like an old timey, old fashioned. In his living room, right? Water. Uh, hard to say. It kind of seemed like it was like in a hallway. I don't know. Um, but that was it was not a sink. It was like a water bowl, like in the old timey where you'd like fill it, fill it with a pitcher. Um, That's so unnecessarily old fashioned. <laughs> um, I just had the note that we get a sneak peek of um, Giles' apartment here. One of his lamps with the stained glass mm-hmm. looks exactly like decor from Applebee's. <laughs> I'm perhaps coming out of the closet here as somebody who eats at Applebee's too much, but... One time, Applebee's had decor that looked exactly like Giles. Oh, that hanging lamp. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'm not sure if I should be proud. I, I remember that. <laughs> I mean, I, I know. Validated. I know what you were talking about as well. I definitely get that. Uh, I get that picture in my head. Although his was probably like a really, really nice like Tiffany lamp. Uh, probably not. Exactly the same as the same glass in, in Applebee's. This is the point at which I wrote down this question. So so we're back in the morgue and Philip uh-huh. wakes up our friend here. I didn't put together that his name was Philip and we were having Phil on as a <laughs> guest here. What was this experience like for you, Phil? Um, I feel attacked. I feel slandered, um, disrespected. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, it's nice when people on TV say your name. It's not very common. I know. I, I mean, I prefer b- good guys or, you know, somewhat <laughs> like redeeming value. But like, I guess his worst trait was that he was a dumb kid who summoned a hell demon. I mean, that's not that bad. That's <laughs> one true. does. That's true. Who Sometimes, hasn't been there? <laughs> you know, yeah, definitely a definitely a very uh, not too thinly, not too, not very thinly veiled uh metaphor here of like your past mistakes coming back to haunt you and that kind of thing although correct me if i'm wrong they never explain what triggered this round of possessions okay thank you i wrote down that question what has our buddy igon been doing for for 20 20 years years? i don't know yeah they okay i thought i had missed something no i was waiting the whole episode for it and they don't say what why it's just i thought it they sort of explained because like he they release him and couldn't contain him or something and then they tried to exercise him and it didn't work i just kind of assumed he hopped from person to person or animal can you do animals or like oh i don't know i have a note about that in my research no but if he was coming if he was coming after other members of the group then this whole trigger sequence of events would have happened oh a while ago yeah he can't. There's no way he was hot. Well, I, I don't know how dor- how his dormancy works or whatever. But he he must have been somewhere the last twenty years, other than body hopping through their friends, because there's only like five or six of them. So they would have died a while back. 
I wonder if it's implying that one of them wanted to experience that high again because didn't they like really Ooh. enjoy the euphoria or whatever? Yeah, I think that plays into the um again the that overall metaphor of like you know experimenting in your youth highs drugs that kind of thing so i guess one of them quote-unquote relapsed um oh and then that triggered stuff but again they could have been clearer they definitely could have been clearer i didn't think of it as uh like i mean i know they talked about the euphoric feeling of the possession but like moving past just your um the idea of your past mistakes coming to haunt you but this being like a drug and addiction of something that like oh these people have been dealing with burying this down for 20 years and someone just finally snapped and was like i have to have my fix again that's interesting yeah. i wouldn't have even thought about that yeah i thought that's what you were getting at phil i had that moment whereas you were talking that's what i because i hadn't thought about it that way either it is interesting to me um the i i couldn't figure out okay so as the episode goes on it's clear that well I think it's clear that, that like Igon is a metaphor for like, when they talked about euphoria, I thought that it was a metaphor for drugs, but there's like a lot of risky behaviors that that could be a metaphor for. Uh, I don't know. This isn't, I, I have questions. I was, about... I was definitely thinking drugs like heart, like the hard stuff. Um, like they, he ran with a rough crowd in the city. They used to all, whatever was popular in the eighties in London, whatever hard drug was, was popular then because um, it talks about seeing you know one of their friends then at the time died of it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so it seems like that kind of yeah, yeah you know and some yeah. people stick with it some people stay in the life some people work really hard to get out of the life like giles did at this point in the episode we are okay so philip wakes up he's shoved the nice man who is coming around checking the Which, bodies back at into least he didn't himself. kill him him just being no. shoved in that locker is not going to kill him. It wasn't the worst thing. It, yeah. I mean, traumatic still. I'm not saying it's stuff I would elect to happen to me, but I was like, okay, he didn't rip his head off. That's nice. Aren't those freezers, though? Yes. To keep the body cold? Yes. Do you think that's cold enough to kill him or just... Eventually. Okay. But, like, he... His arm... I mean, the, I mean, he'll probably be bruised up, but, like, Theoretically, his arms were enough that, like, he could at least bang on the door and hopefully someone else would hear. Gotcha. Um, yes. Eventually, if he was left in there, you know, dehydration, starvation, cold, all those things. But I think uh, for the time being, he actually, he absolutely could survive should as long as someone came to let him out. Nice little coroner. I hope you're thriving. <laughs> the, uh, so they're at the school for the remedial session. Um, and Buffy comes in and Xander has this funny moment. He says, sit here, Buffs, demilitarize the zone between me and Cordelia. <laughs> and then Cordelia responds, do you have this written down? Really? No, I have the, the quote that Jenny says before that Xander reacts to. Oh, what is it? She says, uh, so Jenny's getting started with the, with the class of the day. She goes, so the first thing we're going to do is, and then Buffy walks in and shows Buffy. And Xander looks up, did I fall asleep? because <laughs> he hears them talking about going to do Buffy uh, yeah. so Buffy says that um, she's actually there to talk to Jenny mm-hmm. um, not just to hang out with her friends Wait, but and... what did Cordelia what does Cordelia say after oh, Xander says demilitarize oh, oh, yeah, the yeah Xander's like demilitarize the zone Xander, uh, Cordelia goes yeah and de-louse him while you're at it <laughs> <laughs> she's, 
fighting words, implying he has a lice infestation. The so Buffy is raising concerns about Giles, um, and he said she says, I think he might have been. She pauses dramatically and she goes, I think he was drinking. And can I just say, if I, I okay, it probably would have been jarring for me. There's a lot that would have been jarring about this. Should I go to my teacher's house? But I just finished a glass of wine, kids. Okay, but someone who someone who sees you at the door, if you answered the door right now, would someone be able to smell that one glass of wine on you? No. He true. was drinking Didn't enough know. that she could smell it. That's mm. that's the thing. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. 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 I wrote. <laughs> Thought she's she being had a totally drink. say total, it ain't so. such a such a narc. Come on, Buffy. Yeah. God. <laughs> He's having a drink. Of it. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're right. You probably shouldn't be able to spell it on him. Okay, fine. Yeah. Xander says, I knew this would happen. Nobody can be as wound <laughs> as straight and narrow as Giles without a dark side emerging. <laughs> He's kind of not wrong in True. this case. Yeah, I wrote that. I wrote that quote down too. That's a good point, Xander. Um, and then fucking Cordelia <laughs> has withheld some information. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, before that, I had the I just wrote like so it's conveniently just Xander and Cordelia that need remedial computer science. Mm. Come on, gang. But anyway, yes. But yeah, Cordelia has has left out that, yeah, there were police talking to Giles in the library. I don't know. Didn't, I don't, didn't think it was important. <laughs> I put down that quote, too, because <laughs> I was just that seemed like something I, I would have said in in my younger days because I was a little bit airheaded. Um just be like he was fine he was just talking to him please it's no big deal i think something about murder whatever <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. sweet innocent phil we yeah. love you and then xander gets in a very nice job of like yeah of course you wouldn't because i had nothing to do with you must not be important um so speaking, of, like, speaking okay. of tension between characters uh these two are at each other's throats this episode they sure are. Hmm. I don't know. Seems a bit fishy. That's an Easter egg for anybody. Okay. The so Giles or Buffy says, okay, it's time to call Giles. She goes into the library and there there's a shadow. There's a dude creeping. So she goes to check it out and she is. This is the deepest we've ever and... been in the library. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I've possibly seen... ever will be. We've seen people run into it, but mm-hmm. we've never seen it ourselves. Yeah. So there is, Allie and I were just on another podcast that is going to be out at this point. So that's going to be fun. By the time this launches, Buffy Gaze, we love you. Um, Hi, Buffy the, Gaze. Thanks for having us on. The um, li- We talked about on the podcast with them how the library always seemed a little underwhelming. And okay, so the library okay, is bigger, bigger than, than we thought. We thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. And then we There's get a joke to be made. Yeah. Somewhere here. Keep going. <laughs> and then we get our old friend Ethan, who is the jerk you love to hate. He's got such a punchable face. So um Buffy recognizes him and mm-hmm. says, You sold me the dress that for Halloween and nearly got us all killed. But you look he great. Goes, He's gay, right? We know yes. that. <laughs> I definitely got gay vibes. Right. So, in a previous episode, we def when we when we talked about Halloween, we talked about like Giles and Ethan have totally touched each other's dicks. 
Like, oh yeah, they've totally definitely fucked. during this demon summoning and stuff. So I don't Bill know. Said if, they've totally fucked. <laughs> I don't know if Ethan is specifically gay. I would. I feel like he's maybe more no specific preference. I feel like he's more fluid than just gay. I I didn't pick up on this queer coding. No, neither my did first I. First time watching it. No, neither did I. Bill, was this clear to you? Um, I just because I want everything to be gay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fair. Cheers. Fair. But I I don't know. He had uh, a a little movement. His he's more fluid than like the rigor of what you assume heterosexual men move like. That's a good point. But also, yeah. British people seem gay I all mean, the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean 100 percent queer for sure i can definitely agree with that i he seems very snaky kind of smarmy so i wouldn't be surprised that mm-hmm. he uses his seduction to like move between genders to get what he wants mm-hmm. um and less so because he finds it fun but it's like he gets the thrill and what he wants yeah like it's a tool for mm-hmm. manipulation I can see that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That all feels very, very Ethan. Uh, but then as he's trying to run away <laughs> out the out the library, Cordelia kicks him. <laughs> Love that. Good job, Cordy. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, um, Philip has burst through the window and yeah, Cordelia has that badass moment. Um, Philip has clothes on now which is a good thing yes um that he did not have on before um and yeah this moment where cordelia knocks ethan down is pretty sweet especially because xander was not able to do the same yeah and the cage saves the day again thank goodness for that cage i had a a note about the cage actually like Mm -hmm. it's really intensely secured Every time I return a book, I just put it on my librarian's desk, and she was like, "Okay, thanks, leave." <laughs> yeah, there was never anything like that in our libraries. I, I was curious if you guys have ever seen anything like that. Mm-mm. I mean, I can. There were definitely not in any of our libraries. There, I could conceive of like a really big, like the New York Public Library. Or, like, in D.C., the big public library. I can see where there would be, like, special editions of something that they would keep only for, like, Ph.D. students for research and stuff like that. Um, But not in a high school. Not in Sunnydale. So, I I don't know. I don't know why why they had that. I mean, I can see where Giles would have special editions that he doesn't want just anybody reading. But, again, why would the Sunnydale library have that? don't know i just know that it's damn good thing that they do it's useful yeah for sure yeah and it's gonna it's gonna come in handy as we move forward too so at this point um philip is locked in the cage ethan is kind of subdued giles arrives Mm -hmm. um and um he he and ethan are being like they got this whole like side conversation happening that nobody else can exactly pick up on mm-hmm. which just added to my preconceived notion that these dudes have done things yep in a sexual sense yep 
go phil oh i was just gonna say the way he gri- grabbed his hair i was like you've done that before you are a pro at this <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes yeah he knew exactly what to do i was like okay giles that's I'm sold. I'm done. <laughs> that action was a little too too natural for you. Yeah. <laughs> Phil was like, Giles, I also summoned Diagon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I love Cordelia says, why did he call him Ripper? And then Giles, like, yokes up uh, Ethan shows, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm I'm skipping over a lot of great quotes. I was gonna say anybody Cordelia saying I'm gonna I'm gonna be in therapy till I'm thirty. Oh, <laughs> sweetie, you're gonna be in so much longer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As somebody who's <laughs> approaching thirty with no plans of stopping therapy no stopping. anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's very I told sweet. My therapist about this podcast. Aw, hi, hi, next therapist. I hope you're listening. Hi, my therapist, if you're listening. My therapist is really nerdy, so there's a really good chance she's listening. Hi, Michelle. Well, I doubt she would tell you. Maybe she could tell you. Maybe she'd tell you. I don't know. I Michelle, think she would tell me. I think Michelle, she would tell you me. can message me on Instagram. I <laughs> won't tell Allie, but I'll know that you listen. I think she would tell me if she did. But yeah, anywho, um, so Jenny gets knocked out when um the guy's trying to get away um and they don't know that she's infected yet and giles is comforting her and stuff and i wrote down i bet giles's blazer smells so good library yeah. musk plus manly sweat yeah and yep, tweed yep. and like the smell of tweed and he, yeah library musk tweed and whatever cologne he puts on because i'm sure he's you know a very well-groomed man yeah, but it smells really good. God, Jenny, you fucking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that old library smell, like the old books, I mm-hmm. it's one of my favorites. Just sends you back. I got a candle one Christmas that it was supposed to smell like Sunnydale Library. Um, <laughs> oh, it no. Did, it did not smell good. Yeah. Like, like yeah. I feel like you had one job, which was to smell like old books. And they completely missed the mark. Like, I couldn't even burn it at all because it just smelled terrible. It's very disappointing. Just a piece to look at, maybe. Uh, at this point, Ethan has somehow managed to run away. He does that a lot. Um, he's Giles slippery. Is, he's slippery. He's slippery like a snake. Um, I think Phil used that imagery. Described. No, you said smarmy. No, you said snake. Thank you. I said smarmy and snake-like. Smarmy and snake, exactly. and snake, like yeah, yeah. So that fits for him. That's poignant. That's true. Thank you. Giles is still being weird. He leaves with Jenny. Buffy is ordering the Scoobies to do various research tasks. Yeah, like how you get to tell her it's private. Shame on you, Giles. Yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. Not after like everything that just occurred means it doesn't get to be private anymore. It just came for us at our school. No. No, fuck you. No. <laughs> On top of that, they're teenagers. Who do teenagers listen to? They don't listen to anybody. She's going to do whatever that. she wants regardless. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. He says to stay out. Okay, that's how you get a teenager to not stay out. <laughs> to 100% metal. Yes. So they give their tasks 
or Buffy gives the task to the Scoobies, Cordelia demands to be included, which is adorable. So sweet. She cares about Giles. Aww. It is very cute. We got proof. We have proof, folks. Um, and then we cut to Giles' house where he is with Jenny. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody is suspected as having a concussion, don't give them alcohol. Definitely not. not a good idea. But I bet Igon demanded some Igon possessed Jenny demanded some booze but yeah. just PSA for our friends don't do that yeah definitely don't not good for your, um, for your head they have an interesting exchange here Giles and Jenny Giles is it feels bad for putting Jenny in harm's way and Jenny's like yeah you know it happens when people are involved things you know happen mm-hmm. I wonder at this point is that Igon saying that or is that Jenny saying that I just assumed it's all Igon all Igon. Mm-hmm. It's sweet though. It's kind with what Jenny says. I think. Yeah, but- I think Igon. There's a bit of this. Still a bit of the person before it completely takes over. So it kind of felt like at this moment it's both. Like maybe it's Igon who's making her seem cooler with this situation than she is. But it also sounded like something Jenny would say. What do you think, Phil? I'm. I'm in most. Uh, most of mostly agreeing. Oof, if I can speak English, um, it seemed like it would be something she said, but Igon is like, I want you to manipulate him. So mm-hmm. it's like using her strengths against him to get mm-hmm. Igon's objective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See that? Yeah. Okay. So back in the library, Willow has a breakthrough here. I have this quote written down. I thought it was funny. She says, it's not, she's talking about the tattoo. Um, she says, it's not Egyptian, it's Etruscan, mistaken for Egyptian by the design pattern. But any fool can see it predates their iconology. <laughs> yeah, any idiot would know that. Duh. <laughs> Come on. Um, did we already see the Rocker Giles shot? Excellent picture. I love that. That leather jacket and the earring. Yeah. I know we already talked about it, but yeah. Xander yeah. brings it out. Yeah, he looks yeah. sexy there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Um, I feel like Buffy is more upset at the way Giles is handling this and keeping it from her than that he used to double with a demon. I feel like the show sort of, like, makes it about the, like, I can't believe he was once a stupid child. Or, like, it's hard for me to believe he was once a stupid child. And, like, uh, I think it's more of the him shutting her out than the fact that, like, oh, you did drugs, you dabbled with demons, whatever. Which is back to themes that we explored in Lie to Me, too, mm. where the whole idea is like, oh, my God. Yes, Sammy, I'm also offended by people lying. I'm very sorry, <laughs> friends. Sammy's very sensitive to lying. Um, it's 40 minutes past her dinner time. Um, um, yeah, the whole point of, of or one of the big themes in Lie to Me was like, just tell me mm-hmm. and then we will work with it. But you have to tell me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. My next So um at um they are still in the library. Mm-hmm. Um they're learning more about Igon. Mm-hmm. Giles and Orgies are specifically referenced. Yep. Specifically it is canon yep, yep. that there were orgies involved here. Yep. Their little group of Igon fans uh were Hundo P sneaking <laughs> off and having orgies. I mean, as any other 20-year-old does on their free time, you know, just sling around with dark arts and orgies. 
I don't know. I, I did the Absolutely. same thing. Yeah, for Nick. Them. Nick, you remember those. <laughs> you remember those times. Yeah, all the time. Yep, yep. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we have definitely discussed on previous episodes how we had no, a comparatively. I, mean, I, uh, I went boring. a different way with that, but oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did. We did not. A, Maybe our orgy days a, are still to come, Nick. I, you know, who knows? <laughs> yes, Phil. <laughs> yeah, are you a fan of our, our orgy days are still to come? Yes, everybody deserves them at least once in their life. Have fun. Be free. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Might have to take some some planning. Uh, my my see my other half uh did have a wild twenties. And uh, did tick that box off, so uh, we do not have the same boxes. But uh, you just you just called him out. I did. I did. I mean, like, good for him. I mean, but yeah, uh, he, yeah, he he had a more exciting twenties than I have. (laughs) I'm gonna move us along. (laughs) They are back at Giles' apartment, (laughs) and Jenny is full-on possessed at this point. She rips the phone out of the wall. Mm-hmm. Which is definitely a sign that she is fully possessed. Not just the fact that she's doing it, but also the fact that she's able to do it. Because I don't know if you've ever tried to yank a phone cord out of the wall. It's not easy. Yeah. Um, possessed Jenny um, makes a move on Giles. Um, mm-hmm. And Giles says no. He's not going to take advantage of her in her weekend state um i'm not gonna say what the thought that just occurred to me because that's problematic um and at this point it's problematic I got that takes... you didn't say it in my opinion <laughs> um igon takes over igon's voice comes out and says you just don't change do you mm-hmm. fascinating to me that jenny kisses giles but igon's voice is very masculine here mm-hmm Mm-hmm. This is very queer. Yeah. But also interesting, it's a little more, we can infer a little bit more information because Igon says, you just don't change. And get, even says a little bit like, oh, it might be dangerous. Someone could get hurt. And so it sounds like though he, you know, was was running with this this bad gang, uh, Maybe he was still, even then, comparatively, like, the responsible one. Comparatively tame compared to the others? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like maybe that. he like insisted everyone in the orgy had war condoms or something. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a tray. I brought fruit, snacks, and condoms. Take one. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody hydrate. Everybody hydrate. Yes. <laughs> that would be me if um, I hosted a, an orgy. I would have, I would have <laughs> snacks. Everyone, there would be ample blankets and pillows. Yeah. No, there's not any blankets. That's gonna get messy. Yikes. Uh, that's what laundry's for. Have to take them to the dry cleaner, <laughs> to the laundromat. Um, Anywho. The, so, so Buffy, so Igon's about to um, attack Giles, but uh, Buffy arrives just in time. And then Igon leaves, jumps out a window, and says the same thing that Ethan said at the end of Halloween in his note. He says, or Igon says, be seeing you. Yeah. 
Yeah. I did I did kind of notice that. Also, this show and people jumping out of windows. The glass is just windows are just not safe <laughs> in these in this show. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like j- jumping through the window like that. I <laughs> it's, it's so good. I love that. It's so silly. <laughs> Could have, could have dashed right on through. Man, you're going to cut yourself. Those are expensive to replace. Come on. Yeah. I mean, Jenny, Jenny's probably feeling feeling that jump through the window the next day. Um. So um, at this point, this is where I have the questions that we already kind of explored. So Igon is going to kill all of them one by one, right? All of them in the little crew that tempted Igon uh-huh. or channeled him or whatever. Um. What was the end game for the young people? Like, did they know these? No, that's part of youth, right? You do things you don't necessarily know what the consequences yeah. are going to be. I don't know how they bottled him up after these summoning sessions. Because the the purpose was to be possessed temporarily and feel the high and the str- and the euphoria and the power and all that. But I don't know how they, like... You know, like drugs wear off. I don't know how, yeah. and like I clearly it, it can jump bodies and stuff. I don't know. They clearly do not explain a lot of these mechanics. I was curious if he it. like got a strong enough host, the body would just remain. Like if he were to actually possess Buffy Ooh. as a slayer, could it contain him? Sort of thing. Could he just chill out mm-hmm. in that body? Phil, that's a fascinating question. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so Giles is very distraught because he doesn't know how to get rid of Igon without killing Jenny. He feels horrible. Um, and Buffy finds her way back to the Halloween store where Ethan is and she's going to protect him because she's trying to protect Giles. So they both like... And Willow has a plan. They know that Igon's... That's where Igon's going to come next. And then Buffy makes a questionable choice. Ethan says something about like, yeah, I have this back here or whatever and he like gestures for her to go first i would never turn my back to ethan rain come on buff come on no that's when you go <laughs> you're going first yeah i want to keep my eyes on you i don't disagree in but the also, least he yeah he he hits her yeah i don't disagree that yeah don't do that he hits her with like a statue across her older blades or something i think it was her head i don't think i think i paused and rewound <laughs> well i also think i saw her stab a vampire in the rib cage earlier this episode so <laughs> Fair i was making the point that ethan's a little bitch oh. and there is no way that that would have knocked out our buffy i did but... have that thought of how great would it have been if it like knocked her and like made her stumble but her but then she turns around and goes excuse me <laughs> oh i love this quote from from ethan which is why he why he ends up being likable when he comes into the episodes he says i actually kind of like you i just like myself a lot more <laughs> fair honestly Relatable. fair mm-hmm. yeah ethan i kind of like you a lot too i do like buffy more but you are pretty great um he and he says a line earlier in the show too he's like i'm many things but i'm not a liar so he says like i'm not a liar oh actually i am <laughs> he didn't lie here he's like totally honest yeah. i don't know 
he seems pretty clear most of the time that he's not a good guy. Oh, yeah. He he is who he is, and he does not pretend to be anything else except when he's pretending to just be a costume shop owner. Kind of Brian Kinney vibes for our queerest folk oh, watchers. Okay. Yeah, did not. I don't know that one. Yeah, so Ethan ties Buffy up, hope, hoping to sort of sacrifice her to Igon. Um, is that... Sometimes I know there's like the mechanics of the story, but like, why why is that rope holding her? Mm -hmm. I don't know. You don't need that dislodged screw to get through that rope. We know you don't. (laughs) Her tattoo also heals in like a day. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Well, we know that Ethan dabbles in magic. So like. That's a sketchy, like homemade tattoo as well. That's not, there has to be magic involved there because that's not healing that quick. Mm-mm, mm-mm. She also uses her her uh, allowance to pay for getting the tattoo removed. What is your allowance, Buffy <laughs> Summers? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what that costs, but it's got to be more than allowance money. Anyway. It's still expensive to this day, so. Right. Yeah. So Igon shows up, spooky green light effect at the door. And where is the light from? Shh. It's spooky. Okay. Yes, you're <laughs> it's right. It is from its eyes. Spooky alien vibes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Maybe from the eyes. Maybe you're right. No, he made a stop on the way to the costume shop and picked up some some little footlights. He's like, I need this to do that. Um, at this point, girl is ugly. Yeah, we've seen the transition. Which is cool. Um, so they're fighting. Giles arrives. Giles offers his, offers himself to Igon. And just as Igon is about to be like, okay, yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we'll do that. Um, Angel runs in and they start this little wrestling match mm-hmm. here. Yeah, Willow, Willow had a great idea. I thought it was smart that Willow was the one who explain to giles because kind of like in that moment who is like the clear conscious or like clear clear head one someone who has a precise plan mm-hmm. and can say it eloquently it's definitely gonna be her he's gonna believe her yeah you know xander ran was like wait no 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 he's like wait sh- fuck off <laughs> so yeah <laughs> i just i feel like it was the right character to choose to do the this action i just really appreciated it totally totally she we this has been something that I've been noticing more in this run through and through this podcast. Uh, Willow has authority that I don't know why I never really gave her credit for before. But yeah, she has some absolute like command and authority. It's great. Yeah, we see it in this episode too. Mm-hmm. Xander and Cordelia are squabbling and she's like, Join out with me oh, 110%. Yeah. Get the hell out of my library. <laughs> And earlier on this season, she has a come to Jesus with Angel and Giles. And she does. Okay. She does have some okay. informal authority. And on, totally and the just person. Just on Halloween, she's the one who takes charge, not the military guy. Uh-huh. She's the one who takes charge. Yeah, definitely the right person in that situation yeah. to be able to tell Giles what's up. Yeah. And so then we have this inner battle where I guess Angel's inner soulless vampire defeats. Igon? Is that what happens here? That's what it how they explained it, but I I don't know. Yeah. I it didn't leave me feeling like 
Very he's gone, interesting. Gone. Yeah. But then where does he go? I have trivia uh, for that <laughs> when we get to it. Yeah. But it did. It left me feeling a little unsatisfied. There's some cool effects there that happen mm-hmm. with the wrestling and mm-hmm. the like superimpose. And you see Angel like his face contort and stuff. Yeah. But it's like a little like, oh, okay. Well, okay, I guess we're done. And I guess it does have a cool speak to angel strength because, like, clearly he does have a very strong will, which is cool. But it did kind of feel like, and this was my problem with Charmed for anybody. Sorry, sorry, listeners who are fans of Charmed. They would spend this whole episode like finding what the right spell was and blah, 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 blah. But then it would all be over so quickly. They would do the spell and then it's done. And then we all go home happy. And it just, it was very, it was very quick for the lead up. It definitely felt un, not unfinished, but like not fully settled when everything was said and done. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also made me kind of wonder, I know that like Angel's been alive for so long and like, yeah, I guess that makes your inner demon super powerful. And also you work really hard to contain it, but also, bro, what's in you? <laughs> like, so, so, <laughs> what hell map is inside you? <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Good point. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just killed that thing with in like Yikes. relative ease. Seconds, but yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe you need to go to therapy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next day, Demon vanquished. Good shit. Yeah, Ethan runs away. Giles guides Jenny's out. Um, Xander gives Willow some credit at school the next day, which is very timely. Um, Xander says, putting that demon into Angel was pretty brill, Will. And it was. I think yeah, Will is the hero of this episode. Yeah, man. Yeah. For sure. Um, so kind of an uncomfortable uh, tension between, <laughs> a very different kind of tension uh, between Jenny and Giles. Um, clearly, she is still very shaken up. Um from from everything that's been going on with the whole Igon situation, I noted they had some very nice, subtle, tired makeup on Jenny. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a kind of a little shadowy around the eyes. Clearly, she's still recovering. Uh, thought that was nice. What did you guys think of like the fact that she didn't have any like arm or handprints on her neck or anything like that? Because mm-hmm. in my mind, you know, Angel is threatening this demon enough to have it want to leave the body so it's being morally threatened Mm -hmm. but he leaves no mark on her so it's either angel is like very precise or i don't know i'm not i i I couldn't quite cute like put those two things together in my mind it's a really good point i hadn't thought about that that is a really good point i think that's an oversight yeah because the damage would be to the host's body Mm -hmm. not to igon Right. Yeah. And I mean, she was wearing long sleeves and like a long skirt. So conceivably, she could be covering up the the cuts from jumping through a window. Um, (laughs) But yeah, she should be in like a turtleneck or some kind of scarf the same way that Buffy is to cover up her tattoo. Mm -hmm. I mean, and again, I guess like theoretically, she could have covered it up with makeup, but then she also could have covered up those bags under her eyes. (laughs) <laughs> that's true i think you found an oversight phil i think you did it yeah definitely 
Although I was get a certificate in the mail. I was a little disappointed in Jenny. Um, and I get, and I know that like sometimes we react emotionally uh, in ways that we wouldn't expect, but like she's the one who keeps inserting herself with the Scoobies. Like I don't know why she, it almost seems like this whole like the fact that she didn't come out unscathed surprised her, but um, maybe being possessed is uh, a little different. I I guess I guess that's not fair for me to say. Because probably being possessed is a lot more than simply, like, being in a fight with vampires. It's more of an invasion. Oh, that's... Yeah, just answered my own question. Yeah, it's a little kind of like, uh, I hate to say it this way, but, like, similar to, like, sexual assault in the sense that, like, you had no control. And Mm -hmm. being able to not face the person who was did not hurt you but was involved in some way in that uh, incident. Um at first, I was a little like she seems a little harsh on him, but now it's like, right? Oh, actually, yeah, no, she's right. <laughs> yeah, now that I think about it, yeah, no. And when it was largely avoidable, well, I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was all the way avoidable, but like the the like there were definitely some. I can see her. I I was also like, this is the line we're drawing, Jenny. This is a line too far, but all the other shit we've seen was. Right. Fine. But I think there is, um, it, yeah, there might be something uniquely like violating about being possessed. And then also his shit communication along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, May again, kind of, kind of. And he takes complete accountability. He does. Absolutely. But again, I feel like the same way that they, it seems like they pointed to the wrong thing for her being upset. Like the same way mm-hmm. that. Buffy wasn't upset that, like, he had a past, that Giles has a past. It was that, like, he kept hiding things from her. So I don't think Jenny was upset that he never brought up Igon. They haven't been, I mean, they're not even, like, officially together. They've been on some dates. So I don't think she was upset that he didn't talk to her about that part of her, his, about that part of his life. I think it's more that, like, I just went through some trauma and I'm going to need some time. And you were very mm-hmm. central in that drama. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I co-signed. Spot on, Agreed all the way. Thanks. I do love the exchange between Giles and Buffy. Because, again, account- he does take accountability, um, which we love. We love taking accountability on Tabula Rasa. <laughs> Buffy says, I'm so used to you being a grown-up, and then I find out that you're a person. And, and he says, most grown-ups are. So I thought that was a lovely exchange in, in both directions of her saying, wow, I wasn't giving you credit. And him saying, yeah, I did not handle this well. Yeah, I feel like some adults in my life, I knew as a high schooler, I knew before I was in high school, they are definitely people and just make mistakes around. There are some adults, though, that it was a surprise where I was like, oh, damn. Mm-hmm. Huh, you don't have it all figured out. Yeah. Okay. I definitely Mm. had a uh, teacher who screwed me over in high school and 100% did not take accountability for that. Um, And I will always be bitter. You know who you are. You know what you did. I can think of a few. Oh, you know. I'll tell you off off mic. I think we've talked about that. (laughs) We've talked about it. Okay, 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 okay. But this is nice continued development. Like, there have been a few episodes now back to back where the relationship between Buffy and Giles, we can see it kind of moving past just transactional slayer watcher kind of thing. And there's a lot more 
fatherly energy. I don't know how you could not bond that way with your with your watcher. I mean, it's just especially what it sounds the way it sounds like previous slayers have been isolated. That is like your only family. I enjoyed that it like that conversation to just kind of piggyback back off what you're saying. It's like it it wasn't just like fatherly to darly kind of vibes. It was also like peer to peer. We went through something mm-hmm. very strange and weird, and this took me down a peg. And I appreciate you for giving me grace to be in this space. Um, and Buffy didn't like deride him for it. She was just like, "Cool, let's build up, let's pack up, let's move on." You know? Yeah. And then she did something that I I think is really is really lovely that I think some people struggle with when they're moving on in a tough time is the difference of of things like when you're in a very stressful different time feeling like things are out of the out of the usual out of normalcy and Buffy does a very intentional return to normalcy of all right so I guess we'll train and look, I brought my music. Come on. What do you have to say about my music? And he's like, oh, God, it's horrible. And she's like, yeah, that's that's the spirit. And then, and then go back in. thought that was really lovely. Such a lovely olive branch. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've lived on. We're good. We're good. You're fine. Yeah. Let's treat today like it's a normal day. Yeah. Um, okay. The piece of trivia that I've built up here. And Allie, you can cut this out. It's a spoiler related to the comics. I have not read the comics, oh, and I think I think that we can, I think that I think we can set that boundary that we can talk about comics. Yeah, we well, can talk about the comics. within reason. There's within reason. Apparently, in the comics, Igon did not die here. Igon was expelled from Angel's body into the body of a rat. Oh. So, uh-huh. Bill, when you asked about when you were saying before, like when we were talking about, oh, what's happening in this time between, like, where's the Maybe Igon is just jumping from body to body, body to body, body, and has now only ah. 20 years later made it back to the crew. So he that... was jumping this whole time, but it was to Maybe. animals. It seems like there's some controversy over the how canon the comics. I don't it's really hard. know. I haven't dug into the drama. Yeah. I mean, because there's a there's a definitive continuation of the series in what they call is like the season eight of the comics. It, like literally, it picks up after season seven, and it everything in the seven seasons is canon, and everything is accepted, and like it, the story progresses from there. But there were comics way before that um, that I don't oh, know whether if they're they're canon or not. Buffy was my first comic that I ever got, but it was a random Thanksgiving episode issue thing um a lot of the comics it kind of seems like they're not not canon like a lot of them are sort of side stories or origin stories that they don't contradict anything um that's very comic book adjacent adjacent though like i mean sure marvel resets its universe but like technically everything still kind of happens right yeah so it's it's not nearly as dissected as a lot of like superhero stuff where people are like, oh, well, this was this version and blah, 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 blah. And like, so we're dealing with this version. We're de- dealing with Earth 414 mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so it's not it's not nearly as, as specific as that. Um, so I think it's perfectly fine to use. I actually I think that's really helpful to use that side story for Igon 
Um, and it kind of makes sense if you think about it, because like, where do you in a gap. where do you yeah. do things like this? They were probably out in the woods in some clearing. So if it had already been in all of them and all of them were conscious when that person died or whatever, it would not be able to jump to one of them because it has to jump okay. to a dead or unconscious person. Yeah. So some well, sleeping. We like it and we're going with thingamabob. it. Yeah. I like that. Interesting. Yeah. What are our closing thoughts that we haven't shared so far? Oh, I had a question that we um, that we didn't get to. Uh, did you ever play Anywhere But Here? If so, what was your go-to? <laughs> Phil, you go first. I had to look that up to make sure it was an actual game. I thought they made it up. <laughs> but if I had to pick one now, it would be uh, Berlin with um, uh, in the Eagle with Trent Reznor. Oh, yeah. Mm. With who? Trent, Trent Reznor. Reznor. Lead All singer right. in Nine Inch Nails with a tree trunk neck. <laughs> oh. Wait, oh, wait, sorry. On. Should Ooh. I say my husband? Uh, my husband's there, too. Nah, nah. This is fantasy. <laughs> Trent Reznor. Oh, he does have a tree trunk of a neck. Yeah. Wow, that is a tree Very trunk. Very broody. Nice. I have a type, mm. you know. <laughs> Very yeah. As a as a yeah, Brian's not broody. Brian's adorable. As a firm team He's angel, a I, bubble. I can get on I can get on board with some uh with some brood. Ryan's not broody, but like everyone else I dated before him was. So. <laughs> the exception <laughs> that, that, that gets you. Oh, I miss you, kids. I want to see you again soon. That's fun. Um mine would be anywhere with Chris Evans. Solid. Yeah, yeah, fine, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Which version? Like him from a certain movie, or like just him in general? All of the above. real, <laughs> can, real can, life Chris Evans. Here, we can you would totally vibe with because he's a total social justice warrior. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Isn't his brother is gay too? I think right, or is that Chris Pine? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I hadn't heard that. That's fun. I forgot about that. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. Oh, cool. Mm. I have to think about that. I thought about writing down that question, but then I realized I didn't have a great answer to it, and I felt like I couldn't ask it without having a great answer in mind. So. Fair. Fair. I don't quite have a solid go-to the same way that uh, that Xander does, because I, like I like to switch up my fantasies. Um, somewhere, oh, I would love to be in the south of England, in Cornwall, uh, who am I crushing on these days? Ah, Forever Bay, Zach Efron. So Zach Efron, we're oh. enjoying pasties in uh, Cornwall, walking on That's the beach. Great choice. Thank you. That was, I think, the first person when Nick came out to me. I was like, oh, okay, so what do you think of these people? What do you think of Zach Efron? He was like, yeah, he's hot. <laughs> I remember that text conversation with you, Allie. You asked me about the Jonas Brothers, too. Oh, my God. That that's so dates <laughs> that time period that I went. I went yeah. <laughs> Zach Efron and Jonas Brothers. That means they could not. I mean, I know that it was our freshman year of, of high school, but that's so specifically dates that time period. That's so funny. Oh, my God. What wait. What a time. What a time. How much older am I than you guys? Because that high school musical came out, I think, when I was a senior in high school. <laughs> <gasps> <laughs> we were yeah, in we were... sixth grade. No, we weren't. Yes, we were. Don't you, you were a senior? Don't you dare. 
dare Fair question enough. Enough. my Fair high enough. school musical knowledge. Phil, how old are you? Are you older than Paul? Yeah, I'm 32. I was I, I graduated in 08, so I'm not sure. Paul is getting ready to turn. How? Yeah, we're 29. Yeah, Paul's getting ready to turn 32. Yeah, Paul's a year younger okay, than me. So, okay, he was. Okay, I'm not doing. I'm yeah, not doing what the year math did you graduate high school? Oh wait. Oh eight. Yeah. Then you were then you were not oh, a senior when High School Musical came out. What year did it come out? Because High School Musical, two thousand six. Oh okay. Well, it's all a blur now. So. Ali is like, I can tell you the day. <laughs> I can tell. No, you. I can't tell you. I can't tell you the day because I like wasn't watching Disney at that time, so I like missed it. And then I came back from a from a ski trip, and everybody was talking about it. And then finally, Asha and I watched it after everyone had already gotten over it and then i was obsessed and no one cared <laughs> and you remain obsessed today and i remain re- remain obsessed color pop has a high school musical uh collection out right now which so clearly i'm not the only uh 30 something that is still color pop is a makeup it's, yes collection <laughs> thing yes so Phil, yeah just i didn't know they um they there's, just dropped that... a makeup uh, high school musical collection Olivia Rodrigo came from like the 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 new series or something on Disney. Uh, yes, high school, high school musical, the musical, the series. Mm-hmm. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. It's on Disney Plus. <laughs> That's a mouthful. Yeah, good for her. But it is uh, way better than it has any right to be. Um, really? So I enjoy it. It is. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you didn't, if the original three movies were not your cup of tea. I don't recommend jumping in on the Disney Plus series, but if you, like me, enjoy that kind of thing and can, you know, be down for a high schooler's, you know, troubles and tribulations, then uh, it's really good. And the music is really good. Um, And yeah, it took a long time for me to put together Olivia Rodrigo from High School Musical, the musical, the series, and like her songs that show up on the radio. I was like, oh, shit. It's her. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, I watch anime about teenagers religiously. So I can't, this might actually might really, really be up my alley. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then it, then it, it really might be because the, and then the original music that they wrote for the show is really good. Okay. I'll give it. I think I might sense another podcast. <laughs> Three of us. Wildcats forever. There you go. You have the title already. <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't don't put ideas in my head, Nicholas. <laughs> Anywho. All right. I think that about does it for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us, Phil. And thank you so much, everyone else out there, for joining us for today's episode. And we hope you'll join us next time where we'll discuss Season 2, Episode 9, What's My Line, Part 1. <laughs> Things are heating up. Things are heating up. This is gonna be good um yeah phil just want to give such a heartfelt and grateful thank you you've been such a um incredible supporter of us and we really appreciate it um i love connecting with you on social media phil you post delicious looking food and workout inspiration where can people find you on social media if you're comfortable plugging sure um my instagram is P-A-B-E-E-C-H-L-E-P-A-B-E-C-H-L. And, uh, well, actually, I'm not going to give you my Twitter because sometimes I'm, I'm a thought. So, yeah. 
IG is I'll, good. I'll retweet something that you just tweeted. Oh, I, your Twitter is excellent, <laughs> Phil. You better work it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I should keep my okay, clothes on. Okay, so look out for our Twitter for for Phil's, yes, um, for Phil's thoughty Twitter. It's going to be great. Amazing. Thank you guys so Allie, much for having me, us? by the way. Of course. Oh, we we love that we that there are people who were fans enough of the show that like they wanted to be a guest. That's so exciting for us. The honor is ours. Ah, thank you. Uh, and, and folks can find us over email at tabularasabpod at gmail dot com. That's T A B U L A R A S A B P O D at gmail dot com. You can also say hello to us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at at tabula rasa b pod and we'd be so thrilled if you leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts that would be so nice ali also please plug your social media you posted on your instagram this week the most adorable fairy dress at the renaissance festival and i was obsessed with it you. you should share with people how to connect with well you. you can find that picture and many others at daughter pick on Ooh, Twitter and Instagram, D A U G H T E R P I C K. And you can find me on TikTok at Future Black Cat. And if you wish to throw a few bucks my way, help a young budding artist, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash Alley Press, A L L I E P R E S S, or head over to Venmo Alley Press. And all of that, our social media, Ali's social media, Phil's thoughty Twitter <laughs> will be in the social media handles in the description. I hope everybody has a gorgeous night. It is so delightful to see your faces. Make proud choices. Yes, make proud choices, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Tabula Rasa Bitches is hosted by Ali Press and Nick Mercer with music by Inflaton Cult, artwork by Charlotte Fleming Design, and consultation by Evo Terra.